Hi all, welcome to Account Planning in the Age of COVID-19. This is Chapter 1, Episode 3, the last episode for Chapter 1. This is my second time recording it. Um, Again, I don't know where all the technological um, jibber-jash has gone on with this, but um, I hope this one takes and um, we'll be good to go from here on out. Um, If you're looking at the PowerPoints, what I want to talk about in this episode three is simply the last PowerPoint. It's PowerPoint number eight on do you have what it takes to be an account planner? So, you know, there's all sorts of things that people will ask you about your interest in account planning. But if you do these, if you are interested in these seven things, I think that's an indication that you could be a good account planner. Some of the things might be items that you would expect, but some might be a little bit of a surprise. So let's just quickly go through these seven and I'll talk about them a little bit and the book discusses them as well. The first is curiosity. Curiosity is a characteristic that is important really for um, any job in advertising, but it's particularly important for the account planner because you have to be um, intrigued enough about people to be willing to try to understand the consumer at a level that no one else is willing to get down into that. And so I found that curiosity really works well um, for that. And one way to think about curiosity is do you, when you look at people, do you wonder where they came from? Do you wonder who they are? Do you wonder um, if they're single, if they're married, if they're healthy, or think about these kinds of things. If you go around your life and you don't ever pay attention to another human being, um, you know, maybe you shouldn't be an account planner. So um, curiosity, I think, is a, is a good skill set. Second is media appreciation. So I'm often surprised with um, when I hear from some students in the School of Journalism and Mass Communication how they, I don't know, basically hate the media. Um, I think it's difficult to have a successful job in advertising or anything in the mass comm field if you don't have an appreciation for the content. So, you know, for um, account planners, that would go for advertising. You need to like advertising. You don't have to like bad advertising, but you need to like advertising and to think it's kind of cool what advertising is doing. If you hate advertising and you don't like to spend any time with it, and you're always trying to get rid of ads um, when you're consuming particular media, that should be a sign that maybe you're not gonna be um, very successful at account planning. The third, and this is quite important, is creative research skills. So a lot of what the account planner does is research, but it's not just like running um, Gallup surveys. It's, It's not, I mean, you might do quantitative surveys like that, but it's also these creative research skills like mind mapping and word associations and um, um, picture cartoon captioning, all sorts of things that help you get into the uh, mind of a consumer in a way that can help you think about the consumer in a new way. So we spent a lot of time talking about these research research skills. That's what um, you do as an account planner. And that's why this is a research-based class, but you know maybe not in the way that media analysis is, for example. 
The fourth is making connections. And I think of making connections, spotting trends as a key to that. So the account planner needs to take you know, these items over here in column A and items over there in column Z and see like, oh, they could kind of go together. And if you put them together, it's this whole other idea. Someone who can think in that way is a really great skill set that translates extremely well for account planning. So um, in advertising, you deal a lot with trends. The best advertising can get ahead of the trend, you know, just right on that cusp of um, where trends are hitting, but it's not so far into it that it's going to go on the other side as soon as your advertising runs. So you have to have a sort of a good way to be able to think about that. Fifth is um, being a voracious reader. So when you think about a characteristic that defines, um, I'd say, most CEOs of companies, if you look at the tech companies, of these super successful people, um, companies, successful people, I would venture to say that every single one of them reads a lot. Um, Bill Gates is a good example of that. He is a voracious reader. Barack Obama is a voracious reader. Um, These people who um, have, again, this kind of goes with your curiosity of the world, like you want to know what's going on. I know it's hard for college students who might think um, they don't have time to read for pleasure because they're so busy with school, but, um, and I know you've heard your parents say this and other people say this, and um, maybe you don't believe it, but trust me, it really is true that life just gets busier. Um, you'll look back fondly in your college years with all the free time that you had. Uh, so, you know, today is a great time to develop a habit of reading for pleasure. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to get through a book, just, you know, get a book that you like to read. Um, if for nothing else, when you go out on interviews, either for internships or jobs, it is not unusual for the interviewer to say, so, hey, tell me the latest book that you just read for fun, or what's on your nightstand right now that you're reading? And if you say, I haven't read a book in 20 years or 15 years, that's not gonna bode well. So if you haven't read for pleasure before, now's the time, there's still time to develop this love of reading. I think of my dad. Um, He was a civil engineer. He did not read for pleasure at all. He was very sort of mechanically oriented. Um, And he didn't start reading until after he retired. I'm so sorry to say. But something clicked with him and finally it opened up the world to him and he could not stop reading. Until the day he died, he had multiple books by his side and read, um, really made up for lost time. So don't be, don't wait until you retire to read for pleasure. Start now, it will help you in your career. Sixth is being an enthusiastic writer. So um, I hope this is good news to you, but it may be bad news to you. It might just be news to you. But account planners write a lot. So um, not all functions of advertising require a lot of writing. A lot of them do. But account planning really does because you're writing reports, you're writing trend reports, you're writing write papers to say nothing about the creative brief, which you can kind of think of um, in the way an advertising writer, a copywriter might write. Um, 
I think one reason I enjoy that so much is as a former copywriter, it really sort of fits into my wheelhouse. But the account planner is all different kinds of writer, both that kind of writer and to be able to write long reports, write interesting questions for interesting surveys. So you have to be an enthusiastic writer. You don't have to be for this class the greatest writer in the world, but you have to not hate writing and be willing to get better at writing. That's all I'm asking, that you are willing to get better at your writing. And then last, and this might seem the weirdest thing to you, is an appreciation for neuroscience. Um, You don't have to be a neuroscientist. You don't have to take classes in neuroscience, although it's amazing to me that we now have undergraduate classes in neuroscience. But this whole brain research thing really is important to the advertising world. The more we can understand how the brain works, what makes people think the way they do, what persuades them, what colors they respond to, how they feel, all of that will help in understanding the consumer enough on how you can bring the consumer to the brand. So understanding and appreciating what brain um, science and neuroscience is doing is a great help for the account planner. And so that's the end of chapter one. It's not a very long chapter. Um, I recommend reading it a couple of times. Go through the PowerPoints a couple of times. You can listen to the podcast multiple times. I mean, why wouldn't you really? And um, this is another little note here. If you haven't gotten on Twitter yet, um, please don't delay. Open up your Twitter account. If you don't have one, say something pithy about your brand. Start following your brand, the competitor's brand. Follow me so I know that you are um, involved in Twitter for this class. Use the class hashtag when you tweet something about this class. So if you have any questions about that, let me know. Otherwise, that's it for chapter one. And hope you all have a nice day. Look for the um, chapter update exercise or chap. I'm trying to think of a pithy little phrase to, to call these super easy um, checkup events, the queue um, for to um, make sure that you're listening to the podcast, looking at the PowerPoints and reading the book. So with that, have a great day and I'll talk to you later. Bye.